Search firm Chris Hunt presents our Moving Up podcast, a place where CEOs, recruiters, C-suites, and executives discuss their previous experience and provide tips to candidates and clients who are looking to excel. Victoria Djokovic, our podcast host, is the vice president of Chris Hunt and has over 20 years of experience in the staffing industry. She can't wait to share her secrets to success. So make sure to tune in, a place where CEOs, recruiters, C-suites, and executives discuss their previous experience and provide tips to candidates and clients who are looking to excel. Victoria Djokovic, our podcast host, is the vice president of Chris Hunt and has over 20 years of experience in the staffing industry. She can't wait to share her secrets to success. So make sure to tune in. Welcome, Rachel. It's very um, exciting to have you on the Chris Hunt podcast here and um, I was very excited when I heard you were going to join us. I saw your TED talk. I think your idea about pause is really interesting. And so I'm thinking maybe if you want to share a little bit about your story and we can jump right into your concept of pause would be a great way to start. Yeah. Hi, everybody. So good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this podcast with Chris Hunt, Victoria. Um, I guess to make my long story short, uh, I come from the, the tech world. I worked at Google for 13 years and now moved into the world of executive and leadership coaching focused on emotional intelligence because that's the number one skill that I think recruiters are really looking for, for leaders to influence and, <clears throat> and amplify their impact. But on that journey, about 10 years ago, I burned out. I burned out big time at Google. I burned out so much that I took a three-month three unpaid break. And I was really in this inquiry of like, what do I do? Do I go get a new job? Do I go search outside? Do I stay inside and find a new job? All these questions came up because I really felt like I had lost touch with what I wanted and, and what really made me fulfilled. And so I did go back to Google. I got a new role within the company. I thought my values aligned with Google. And started studying emotional and social learning from a from a mentor who I actually hosted for one of the talks at Google, Dr. Judith Wright. And, and I guess this isn't so short, but overall, this led me down a path of really helping uh, everyone in the world of business, corporate leaders, executives, uh, men and women, learn how not to burn out because I do believe that all the skills that we need to not burn out, uh, it doesn't have to be inevitable if you are a high performing leader. The key is to be in service to your doing and and nourish yourself, feel fulfilled along the way. So it's not too late and all of a sudden all that stress adds up in a chronic way and you're just at the end of your rope and you don't even know what you want anymore. And uh and that's not that's not good for anybody. So so now that's what I help people do. And I wrote the book pause and now pause the journal. Uh, because I know that I, I I really feel like everyone can learn these skills, the emotional intelligence skills where we can be more present, learn how to know what we want, make quicker decisions. All those things have to do with being in touch with our inner network, so to speak, and emotions. Yeah, no, I think it's so important. Um, you know, you hear more and more about people saying be in the present, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. You've got kids, you've got work, you've got um, you know, whatever else might, maybe you're taking care of your parents, you know, there's just a myriad of things going on out there. And so it's not the easiest thing to do. I also have, um, experienced some burnout in my career over the, over time and, um, left and kind of mm -hmm. came back to what I'm doing now, um, more refreshed and excited about it. 
but um, maybe you could also share then a little bit about how you maybe help executives, leaders start to move into that space, maybe before they're getting to that burnout. Because um, so many of us reach that point of burnout before we have to, you know, really start to make those evaluations. We kind of crash and burn first instead of maybe trying to make a few upfront. Yeah, so, so true. And I just, I'm just thinking about our present time, right? Like you're saying, right? We've gone through two years of a global pandemic. Stress has been at an all-time high. Now we're facing uh, all kinds of other issues in the economy. And, and, and there's just multiple, from all angles, stressors. And so that that's a big, big challenge. I think, especially during, like, let's say you are in a job search as an executive, there's additional stressors for that to, to just lead the life that you want to live and have this added responsibility to find a role, find a job. So all of that can compound itself. And I, and I, I talk about this in my TED talk since you mentioned it, but the first thing I think, and I know this sounds so, so oversimplified, but knowing it's okay to pause <laughs> and I call a pause, any intentional shift in behavior. So to me, it's intention. It's like bringing your present conscious mind, getting off an of autopilot to say, okay, what do I really need right now? Like, what would serve me? And maybe you don't know. I think a lot of us start there. I know I did, right? I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I need time. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I feel like that's kind of a good way. That's actually a good sign. If you don't know, that means you're in the inquiry of it. it, does, it and that's my next tip is to be curious, like kind of continue to be curious with yourself to know what you could use. And, and I think uh, a lot of us can know that on a cerebral level, but to actually do it is really not, doesn't come naturally. It's actually using and creating new habits. So that's hard as well. It takes 30 days for one new habit. So all these things mean it's really hard to change, right? Bottom line, if we don't change things, then we do end up kind of always thinking about the future. Like, what do I got to do next? What's on my to-do list? What are the five things I got to prepare for, for the next week in this job interview process or hiring process or wherever we are, or I'm in the past. Like I'm thinking about, okay, wow, I wish I'd done this, this, and this before I went and sat down in this interview, or why didn't I ask for this in the negotiation? Like all these things are future and past, which means we're not really rooted in the present, which means we understand, okay, what do I need right now? How am I feeling? Like what's going on? And again, if you don't know, that's okay. You can start with just noticing your body sensations. You can notice how you feel. Like, I feel really anxious. Like knowing and admitting that is actually a huge acknowledgement and validation for your own self-worth. So all of these things are like little things I could say, like knowing it's okay to pause and being curious about yourself to know that, okay, maybe something else could be different now. And I think one of the things I, I really like to stress to everyone listening is to know that you're in charge of you, right? I like to say, you're the CEO of your to-do list. And I know that sounds really <laughs> like, well, yeah, of course I am. But like, no, are you like, are you letting people add in what they think they need to get out of you on a Saturday afternoon when you should be doing like taking a bike ride because you're tired and need a break? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so I think like, no, there's choice is another part of this. So a lot of times we just are on that autopilot. Like I got to do these 10 things. I got to study this company. I got to, got to research what my, my, uh, my pitches or I don't know, it could be anything, right? Like we all have these, these, these lists of things to do. And we're all pretty productive. My guess is if you're listening to this, you're like a really high performer, right? Like we are yeah. getting new roles. You're, you're on the hunt, like all these good things. They're awesome. I'm all for productivity, 
However, it's not sustainable anymore at this 24-7 rate, right? And we see that. We see that in the media, in the news. Burnout affects one out of three individuals now as of July 2022 in a, a study put out by Deloitte and Workplace uh, Wellness Company. So there's just all this evidence that's just pointing the finger to like something's got to change. But that thing that can change is you is, I guess, what I'm going at. The companies can all also do something about it but really it starts and the companies are made up of individuals who can also do things about it too <laughs> yeah and, that can and so that's like my high level approach of how to shift burnout <laughs> yeah sorry go ahead well and i think I, you know i just was as you were talking writing down a few words that you know i think that are really pertinent to what you're talking about which is permission right i think we have to give mm -hmm. our ourselves permission so many times to stop and just it seems crazy, you know, highly intelligent people, successful in their own right, generally, but you still need that permission to say, okay, it's okay. I don't have to do everything today. I can do some of it tomorrow. And then another word that I thought was really interesting that you brought up was, you know, be curious. I don't, I'm not mm -hmm. sure we always know how to even be curious anymore. We're so busy with that checklist that you're talking about. Check, 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 check. Oh, and now I have another one for tomorrow. It's like, how do you even have the time to be curious about anything? Um, and then, like you were saying, we can change our own behavior, but it is a habit that we has to be developed and it does take 30 plus days to develop it. So any thoughts on how you maybe find that curiosity again yeah. or how you kind of start moving towards a habit? Yeah, really good questions, Victoria. And I, I, I work a lot in neuroscience. So a lot of my, my clients and my, my coaching uh, leadership programs are about why our brains are the way they are, but also knowing that they're designed to transform. We can literally create new brain circuitry so we can do the things we want to do, right? Even though we don't do them right now. So so I would say to be curious, I'm going to go a little neuroscience, a little geek out here time, <laughs> is we need to have our brains, our brains actually first, before we can be curious, need to be in a place that doesn't feel like it's tunnel vision that doesn't feel like you're doing your 10 million things on your to-do list. Uh, and you can kind of sense this, right? So imagine like, think of a time when you were just like doing a lot of stuff and you're maybe in flow, which is good. You're like to-do mode, okay? This is actually from the neuroscience perspective called the task positive network where our brains are, are just literally firing off to do the things we need to do, which is great. We're like task machines, right? We all are, it's awesome. We do stuff, we get stuff done, right? Woo. Awesome. However, that is not the space of creation, of vision, of uh, literally being, because that space is actually a separate neural circuitry called the default mode network, DMN. And that's like a light switch. They toggle. It's like you can turn one on, but the other one cannot be on if the other one is on or off. So that's the idea. When we're stressed, so put this together, when we're really stressed out or we're feeling like we're just in that mode of to do, there's no space to be curious because there's, it's not the mode that your brain is operating in. When you think about curious, like what comes to mind for you? Like, do you feel like you're the most productive person? Like maybe, but my guess is you're probably not aligned in a way that really is, a, is, is giving yourself that permission to be in that space, to relax or to be a little bit like let your pedal, let the gas off the, uh, let your foot off the pedal and the gas pedal is what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> because that's what's actually the part of the, the, the our, our brain and our circuitry needs to be in that space to be curious. So if we're feeling stressed out, you're not going to be curious really. And you're just going to be in that task mode, which doesn't allow you to feel sustained. 
and it doesn't allow you to create that mode. So the, to, the way to do that, I think, is the pause. Like to me, the pause is the gateway. Again, it's an intentional shift in behavior to shift. And that is where then you can be curious after that. And I, and I think it, it's like a, a fabulous way to think about service of your being and, and how you can do more. And because it's 2022 and we're all in this mode of 24 seven and always on and are, are on our phones, we're on our laptops and tablets and everything. It's really hard to disconnect and have that space to pause. So the key is we got to make it happen. Otherwise, if we don't make it intentional, it just doesn't happen. And then we see things that are all the impact that we see right now with burnout. And, and that's to me, not okay. Well, and I think that's sort of an interesting thing that you were just saying now there too is, so how do you feel like um, the work at home thing affects that? Like, you know, um, is that taking up some of that space that you would normally have, you know, quieted for that curiosity to come or is, you know, working at home, yeah. working remote, adding to yeah. your ability to have that? Do you have any thoughts on that? So good. To, yeah. So remote work and work and hybrid working and all of these things that are now kind of in our ecosystem of, of, of culture and workplace, I, I think we're all different, right? And the pause is about what works for you. So we have to create what will work for us, whether we're at home or at the office. So someone like, let's say maybe, maybe someone is more conducive to getting things done at home because there are the distractions and they don't, maybe they don't have kids yet, or they're right, right out of school or, or something like that. And they're used to that in a study mode. So that might work great. But then if you're actually someone who has three children at home and got to get three meals done and a newborn or like anything could happen, especially women feel this, um, then we have to create new rules, what I would call like new rules and boundaries around how we want to structure things. And maybe even identify like what's a non-negotiable for me if I am working from home what's one non-negotiable I know I need to feel like I can get stuff done, that I need what I need to do here. And it could be, that's gonna be different for all of us. And I know like for me, I, I worked for two years when I was at Google at, from home. I don't have kids, but my partner was home working. And so there's like constantly talking and loudness and things like that, that I didn't have to navigate before. Although I did have to navigate that a little bit in the, in the Google articles. <laughs> But the, the idea is that I had to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do my, this work chunk in the beginning of my day. And I, and like, no one can disturb me. And I, if I need, if I did have a pet or kids or something, I would bring in potentially, I, I'd have to figure something out as a solution and get creative on that too. And that would be curiosity as well. Like, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I know a lot of my clients who were in that time, like it was a really hard time. I'm not, just, I'm not, I'm not downplaying this at all. Like, and it's maybe not any easier now because now we're just, oh my God, how do I even go back to the office? I'm not used to this work ethic or be not ethic, but just being back in the right. routine because it's been two years since I actually had to go commute and then come back and then do what I need to do. It's really hard. And that's, and that's why I think it's important to discuss it, like have the conversations at work as a leader, as a potential manager to see and check in how your teams are doing like that is important. And I think the companies have some responsibility. And I also think the individuals have responsibility to speak up and share what's going on. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I, you know, because I do think, um, you know, it is challenging 
um, for employers. I mean, they want to provide that opportunity, um, but, you know, they also see that sometimes that's not getting the work done that they need done. So, you know, it's just this, mm -hmm. this ongoing balance. And, and I think um, to what you're talking about here, there's these pauses that need to be happening on both sides and then conversations around what's really going to make this kind of work for folks. Um, so how do you see the pause? Like, so if, if there is an executive, maybe they're looking for their next move, they're still working, or um, maybe they've, mm -hmm. you know, they've ended in their position, they're looking for their next opportunity that way. How would the pause kind of idea, you know, yeah. help them or, you know, maybe readjust how they want to look for things in the future? Cause they, you yeah. know, maybe always done the same thing. This is such a great question. And, and actually I wrote about it in the book pause. So the pause was basically a little bit about my story of burnout, but like how to, how to be more self-aware so you can make the changes you want. And there's all kinds of tips in there for emotional intelligence stuff. So I think the, I think the, the first thing is to know that your search in itself is a pause. Like to me, that's an intentional shift in behavior for whatever reason you're on a, you're on a quest for your next adventure. And it might be from a forced pause. Like maybe you were laid off or maybe you decided to choose and pivot in your industry, or maybe it's just a succession, like a lateral move or whatever it is, but know that that's a pause. So to me, again, that's intentional shift in behavior. So what will you do differently during this pause, during this job search for you? And it may not, I know it may not feel like a pause, like you're not relaxing and hanging out on a beach drinking margaritas, right? Like that's not what this is, <laughs> but think about it. Like this is the, the possibilities of pausing to me and that it's a change. It's a, it's a gateway to do something different. And that to me is how we can all shift. So whether that means, okay, what am I, so I'm on a job search right now. I am going to, you know, self-care for myself, meaning I'm going to, I'm going to like get up and, um, you know, eat a healthy breakfast to fuel the rest of my day. And that's a, that's going to be done by 9am. And, you know, maybe I go work out before that. Like, like these are the things that feel that feel that fuel you that are important. So it's not, it's going to be a different thing for everyone, but the idea is like, look and think about literally maybe journal about this. I have a whole list of daily pauses you could try, which might just be some belly breath pauses. Just allow yourself some space to be like, what could serve me today? What would I really need? And I think that that, that that's, that's it. Like, it's not an overcomplicated uh, concept here. Right. But again, we all can think it, but like, how do you actually implement it and do it and make a change? We're creatures of habit. We love, we love staying safe. Like our brains, that's their whole job, right? Right. Go into flight or fight. Don't worry about doing something different. Cause that's just going to be hard and more work for me as a brain. And like, I don't want that. Right. So, yeah. you know, so, so how do we, like our, our brains are really sneaky, right? They want to like do stuff for us that keep us safe, which may not be in our best interest because we're not out there fighting tigers anymore, but the brain doesn't know that neurologically. However, you might want to be knowing that maybe this is the curiosity part. Maybe I can do this differently. Maybe I can have a walk at 12 o'clock to go get the mail and go around the block or walk the dog. And that would actually be helpful or yeah. maybe not eat lunch at my desk today while I'm looking at this job search. I think, you know, we get stuck in those modes, but is that, yeah, is that helpful like, here? Yeah, it is because I think we sort of do take it on like a new job, you know, and, and, you know, you do have yeah. a little bit of time and a little bit of space now. And, um, you know, I think you've mentioned a few times now where you say, you know, intentional, um, shift and, you know, we don't do so many things with 
that intention and the intention really from what I'm, I'm hearing you say comes from, um, you know, just thinking, well, you know, what if I did this this way today? Or what if I did it this way going forward versus how I've always done this? Um, you know, sometimes I think we always have more choices than we want to admit that we have. And we're just, there's some we're just not willing to look at. And maybe that's okay too. We just have to say, okay, the, you know, here's all the choices, but you know, these three, I can't even, I'm not even, I'm taking them right off the table. I'm not even going to yeah. consider them whatsoever. But I do feel um, that a lot of people really do take on, um, you know, don't explore every option that they might have um, that'll either make them happier or that will work better with their existing life, you know, partner, whatever it might be um, yeah. out there. I think I, what I like to think about is it's a duality. Imagine you're holding two poles, one in your left hand, one in your right hand. And one is productivity. It's like just all the two. And then this other hand has holding the pole of well-being, which is you flourishing just, you know, regularly in your life, not feeling over-consumed by a, a, maybe a job search, but that it's in service to the other pole. Like you were holding them both. You can't just have one. Cause then you're out of balance. It's a little out of whack. So if you only did the job search, like how much will that like leave you feeling satisfied? Mm -hmm. and well, if you get the job, that's awesome. But you're also hopefully taking in doesn't need to take time or money or be a specific thing. It's, it's literally maybe a, like a micro moment. Like it might be a, like research tells us every 45 to 90 minutes, we need to pause. And that might be 15 seconds getting up. It's kind of like that water cooler analogy, right? Like get up, go get a drink of water and that can work. Um, so there's a lot of different options. There's so much, but the problem is I think, especially if we're feeling stressed about a job search that we don't, we're not in that mode, that neuro, the neurological connections aren't there for that curiosity mode. So we don't, we don't really, it doesn't really occur to us. So we can't really be at fault, but, but then when we actually take the time to intentionally say, okay, hang on, what's up? I, uh, what could I do different today? Like, what could really be in my service? That takes time because that's, you know, that's, that's strategic thinking right there, right? Like, how could you set yourself up for success? What would I really need? Oh, I really just like want to pet the dog at like one o'clock. It's like, I love my little cuddles or whatever, you know, I don't know how to pet. <laughs> but the idea is when you allow yourself that time, it really can serve you. Your mental energy is, is, is better and more clear. You feel more productive. But if you don't make that time for yourself, even in like a lot of people do it in the first thing in the morning, even uh, then it could be anything too. It could be, could be what works for you. It might be a walk in the nature. It might be a, a dance party, a couple of minutes, just like hanging out, singing your favorite song. If that's your thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I, you know, I think, um, you know, maybe you have some thoughts on this too, is, you know, cause the job search is can be difficult, right? It can be disappointing. Yeah. It can be challenging. You can feel like you're being ghosted. You can feel like, oh, wow, I really thought I, you know, did a great interview and then you don't get the job or, you know, so it, it has its moments of discouragement. So, you know, how do you feel like pause might be able to help with some of that? Yeah. 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 And I just had a, just had a client go through this and had like multiple offers and was just so stressed because of like, there was just a lot going on in addition to holding a full-time role. So I, I think 
the way I would look at this, gosh, this is so important, everybody. If you're looking for a job, please like take this as a as an invitation to have some self-compassion, meaning like give yourself a little gratitude for all the work you're doing. That is a pause, right? Like that can work. Mm-hmm. And because what what we what we do is when we actually reinforce positive thoughts, we're actually training our brain to be encouraging to ourselves. So instead of being a critic and being like, God dang it, like another interview didn't work out. You know, what about like, wow, you showed up, like you made it happen. I got the, I got on the books. This is just going to help me learn from this to go into the next one stronger. So compassion, meaning like a little bit of self-gratitude, a little bit of like, Hey, you know, this is, this, you're doing all right. Being in that mode can really make a difference in the stress levels. Because if you're just in that mode of berating yourself or thinking like, ah, you know, like, like to do robot, robotic, <laughs> robotic Rachel would be my version of that, where I'm just like in the task mode. Uh, it's not very compassionate. It's just not going to be very supportive for myself. And that's a pause in self-care, in my opinion, like that to me, and like that could just be the three things I'm grateful for today. You know, it could be um, saying thank you to someone. And there's research that when we are when we actually practice gratitude, whether it's on ourselves or in the workplace, productivity goes up 50, five, zero percent. Like this is the stuff again, that's like so simple, but do we really practice this? So I would say if you're looking for a role, if you're looking, if you're out there in the hunt right now, know that one of the biggest, biggest benefits you could provide for yourself is, is to practice gratitude on your, like for yourself, like, like nice work, like I did it. And then maybe that compassionate side, knowing that you're doing the best that you can. And that's a, that's a skill. Like I said, like, that's not the way our brains are actually wired for the negative, right? Like, right. (laughs) We are standing for threats all the time. So if you believe that you are every dime or quarter that they're asking for, that you're asking for, and that you deserve this, whatever you're looking for, having a vision for yourself, that's going to go so far. That's going to create your own stamina and also nourish you in the process. Meaning, you know, receiving that positive encouragement that really is your personal responsibility to, to have for yourself. And, and it's a skill. So it's not easy. I'm not saying that, but we can all learn it and it takes practice, but that is a big benefit because otherwise, you know, we're just in the, the rig and roll and that's how we get stressed and keep it up and have the chronic levels that are really unprecedented now. Yeah. And, well, and I think, you know, to your point, you know, the other part of this pause idea, the, you know, intentional shift is, you know, knowing what you want as well. Um, you know, yeah. so many times people go into the, you know, interview process and they want to say the right thing or do the right thing um, instead of just sort of being themselves, mm-hmm. knowing what they, what their worth is and what is going to also make them interested in the, the company that they're talking to. Because, you know, you could still, you know, you could say all the right things and get the position, but then you may really not like the company, what they're doing, how they do it. You know, so I think really having that idea for yourself of what would be a great job and why would I love being there so I can show up present every day and be excited about what I'm doing. That's such great, great advice, Victoria. And I, and I would say even to take it one step further, think of it like you're interviewing the company. They're not interviewing, I mean, they're interviewing you, but really you're seeing if they're a fit for you and, and like to go about it that way can make a big difference in how you show up because now you're vested. This is about you being present for what is to come. 
and really evaluating it. I think a lot of times, and I've done this myself in job interviews where it's a, it's a scarcity mindset a little bit like, oh, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing. Like we just get into that self-doubt mode a little bit, especially yeah. women, I think do this more than men probably, but you know, everybody's capable of it. And so the key is, you know, be, being on that other side of the fence, like you're saying to say, okay, this is for me. What would really serve me? What, what are the, like, how can I show up as myself? Because this is who, this is who I am. And I, and I know and trust that the the perfect job finds me, like it will come. Right. I keep right. showing up in my best self. Yeah. And I think you and I had t- sort of talked about this a little bit too, you know, cause the other, you know, challenge I, I see out there in the career world right now. And I think I've mentioned this on a other podcast, but it, it, it really weighs on me is how jobs now, you know, younger folks are, you know, they kind of have to pick their path and stay on their path. And they, you know, where my own path, you know, I was able to kind of zigzag around or people would recognize me and say, oh, you know, you could, I know you could do this. Like I didn't have any skills in it. So I, you know, I really have a much more generalist sort of background, which I think in many respects has served my, my life really well, but I'm not sure I could have that career path now, nowadays, because there's so much, you know, certification and specialization, no matter how, where you're at in the organization, you know, it's very specialized. And then they, you know, people want to hire somebody from that company who has the exact same skills. So you can make a lateral move very easily, as long as you want to do the same thing. But if you want to do something different, I don't know, maybe pause could help you with something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think we're so pigeonholed sometimes, especially early on in our careers now with even more specialization and, and expertise that's needed in certain areas, especially in a big company. Uh, it, it can be it can be an issue. So the key would be to to pause to literally just give yourself that time, which might just be a couple like five minutes. You know, it doesn't need to be a long time. Yeah. But just ask, like, what could like what could really serve me today? And and know who you are as part of this journey, right? Like, what is it that I want to do? Maybe you do, maybe you would thrive in that ultra specific mode, which is great. Maybe that's not you. You'd be more of a generalist, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. So if you're not aware to know that yet, that's okay. It's a, it is a journey. Right. And everything you do will help add to your PhD of life, so to speak, that you'll have, you know, in your, in your repertoire of experience and, uh, I think the pause or just, you know, allowing yourself that grace to, to know that in the permission to know that I, I am okay in this and I can change up what I need to do based on what would serve me. And that's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Like it takes years probably, but yeah. if you aren't, if you aren't, if you're just in the go mode, you wake up and it's 10 years later and you're like, Whoa, how I spend my career in ad tech for 20 years, which is my case. But <laughs> I also, you know, I, I, I have a lot of fondness for that field of ad tech, ad tech working in uh, double click and then Google. But I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the day, it was like, not, you know, now I wanted to be a generalist. I wanted to do something different. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, how would you, you know, sort of recommend maybe people start working, working, excuse me, <laughs> working through yeah. um, this idea of pausing, yeah. creating some intentional shift you know, what are, you know, how would they start with that? Let's start. Yeah. That's a great question. Cause I do believe it starts with the little things like it's baby steps. It's not a big grandiose change movement. And, and that's how change always happens. <laughs> little baby steps. 
bless you. <laughs> so I think the, the first Sorry, one is just actually, one. no problem, Devon, <laughs> give it myself, uh, is to know that it's okay to pause, giving yourself permission, but then knowing um, there's a lot of daily pauses that I think are important to try that you could see what works for you. Think, think of them like little experiments. And I have a whole list of them in the book and I have a whole list of them on my um, in my my group community. And the idea is even like a belly breath pause, even though it sounds like, okay, yeah, like take a breath. Why do I need to breathe? Like whatever. Well, well, actually let's, let's try it. Right. So if you want to try this one with me, just take a hand, whatever hand you feel comfortable with, if you're able to put it on your belly or on your diaphragm, mm -hmm. you can even put it on your heart, but I like the, the belly because you can feel the rise of the belly. So just push your diaphragm out, inhaling through your nose, Maybe closing your eyes if that feels good for you and exhale, taking your hand away, opening your eyes. Yeah, so that creates a different space, right? All of a sudden you have a little bit of space. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, just so you know, like behind the scenes, what's happening is you're connecting with your body. So that human, like human connection, flesh feeling sensory data on your skin is soothing your nervous system. It's actually telling you to, that you're okay and you can calm down. So that like right there is a gold mine for helping yourself, right? And then the breath, you're you're also informing your your nervous system to go into that parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest mode. If you breathe through your nose and you have an exhale longer than your inhale, like you're blowing through a straw, you're just signaling, and it's not even conscious, right? This is all pre-programming, subconscious, cellular level memory that I'm okay. Like I don't have to freak out right now. So that's a, that's like a really good one. I I'm a big fan of meditation, but that's not for everyone. Like you might like to go outside and take a walk, just notice, use your senses, the five senses. What do you see? What do you, what do you hear? What do you taste, touch, or smell that gets you out of the brain? That's in that overwhelm mode, by the way. So yeah. every time you use that sensory data, meaning those five senses, you're getting more into that mode of the creating of the beingness. And that's a pause that's really good. So just like three mindful bites when you take a meal, when you have your first meal. And this one, I, I forget this one a lot, but we all eat daily probably, right? <laughs> so like, what if I just took three bites in a meal or we did it as a family and or, or, or you know, a household and what, do we, what, what comes from that? Maybe I eat a little slower. Maybe my food actually can digest now because I'm giving it some time as opposed to rushing my meal. I'm not saying we all do that, but like, that's a really common one. Um, so I think it just starts with those flavors daily pauses. <laughs> What's that? It, maybe you taste the flavors a little bit, you know? Yeah, like, the like and then you can be grateful <laughs> and it can be anything, right? It's just, it's like, you know, it could be your tea. It could be a coffee in the morning. You know, it doesn't need to even be, it could be liquid. The <laughs> idea is that you're taking the space to intentionally shift out of whatever the autopilot would be, which is giving you the 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 access to think differently, which is, you know, just getting you off of the mode of what we always do. We're creatures of habit. And right. then I think one other one I want to mention, I work a lot with emotions and, you know, I think uh, a lot of times people think they don't belong in the workplace or it's like, why would I care what I feel right now? But the reality is we actually are designed to feel. And the more we can be in tune with that, this is, this is an emotional intelligence attunement where if you just name one of the five, five primary feelings, fear, hurt, joy, sadness, or anger. And this is from the Wright Institute where I did my, my master's. It's in Chicago, uh, the, Wright, the Wright Institute, Wright Graduate University. Fear, hurt, joy, sadness, anger. Just 
don't worry about any of the others. Just those are five. And you can start to train your emotional, your emotions to be in more attuned to, to understand how you're feeling. Because if we don't know how we're feeling, we cannot move into a new space sometimes, or maybe we're, we're stuck in drama. There's like all kinds of stuff to talk about that, but know that you can name a feeling. It gets you out of a trigger mode, brings your prefrontal cortex online, your thinking brain, and allows you to kind of get off that mode of the, the, the spin cycle. Yeah. So that's a really powerful pause. And it, you're literally, what happens when you do that is you have to be present in your body because you are wondering how you're feeling. And even if you don't know what it is, you're like, I don't know, these five, like it could be any of these, but just pick one, just do process of elimination. You're, the, you know, the key is to allow yourself to force yourself to start to, to work on this. I think that's so. Those so are some I think that is so important and such a great tip because there's many times where I'm like, I'm so busy. I don't even know how I feel. You know, exactly. I don't know if, uh, you know, other than happy, usually that one you can, I can identify pretty easily, but you know, some of the others, sometimes I'm like, you know, or I just pass it by, just work through it and just, you know, I've been so conditioned to just be like, oh, you know, we just have to buck up and get it done, you know, and you don't even give yourself that acknowledgement of, well, right now, you know, I'm not feeling all that great. <laughs> I think that's so important. And, and so that's the awareness part. Like this is the foundation of, of how to be a better leader, literally to be a better influencer, to have more impact is to know where you're at so that you can be the force you want to be in the world because if you're not aware of what you're what, what what's going on with you then no one else will be aware really you can't communicate as effectively you are not as present so others are not going to be as present because it's it's kind of what comes around goes around emotional contagion we've all heard that and so if you can allow yourself to be i, I call it you know when we're on that busy swirl mode on the hamster wheel we're living from the neck up right we're just in our heads we're like creatures of doing a lot of really good things, but that's okay. But man, you've got the whole universe from the neck down to work with. And if I actually did understand what I was feeling in any of those moments, I'd be like, wait, do I really need to, I'm not going to be that productive right now. Cause I just cannot get out of this mode about whatever email or, you know, like whatever's on my mind. So maybe I need to get up and like, look at the tree outside or I need to express is a big part of this. So it's like, I'm feeling really frustrated right now. Anger, that's frustration, right? Yeah. It's one of the five, five feelings. So when you give yourself that permission, you're changing the game. Like you're literally changing how you show up and it's going to be felt like you're going to become that ripple to help others. And, and this is what the world needs right now. This is what every company actually is going towards, in my opinion, who's going to be successful in the future. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just really is important. And I can see that, you know, when, when I do take a moment and go, you know, what? I'm just really tired today. You know, I just can't give everything to everyone. You know, I try to find a quiet thing that I can just work my way through a little bit. Yeah. I did that. That, yeah. I had that. So that was a day for me yesterday. Like I was just, I was like, I am not, I am not, I'm like typing. I'm like, this is not doing, I'm not doing anything productive. <laughs> so I didn't sleep well. Like there's just all these factors. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shut this down. Tomorrow's another day. I'm going to be way more effective if I just rest. And I, I was going to see my parents here and everything. So to me, it was like making the call of like, what, and that's the pause is like, okay, what could serve me now? And, and maybe, you know, maybe that's, a, that's a luxury. Sometimes it's like, okay, I have uh, an interview in an hour. I'm not going to be able to do that. Knowing that, okay, great. But after that, I'm going to take the time or I'm going to take 15 minutes before to just do something that will be getting me in the zone of where I want to be 
after you know the, and mentally in that way in yeah, the job yeah yeah so 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 important um well we're sort of coming up on you know 45 minutes um is there any other really major ideas or thoughts that you have that we should probably discuss a little bit before we wind up today yeah i wish we could have like a live audience with questions because i'm sure we have uh, yeah that would be really them. fun <laughs> um, yeah i i think we've covered a lot of really good ground i would say the bot, like, like really some key aspects is to just recap. No, it's okay to pause, right? Like it's just you, it's your call. Like no one's going to do that except you. So just know that this is in service to your doing and there's research behind this, right? Like we become more productive. We have better, we have everything becomes better basically <laughs> from our sex <laughs> life to uh, eating better to sleep, like everything. And, and, uh, and then our stress goes down, our cortisol goes down, our adrenals do not get fatigued. Like, like it's important to do that. And know that you're not alone, I think is the other thing here where I think a lot of us aren't feeling okay to talk about this. And yeah. it takes courage to show up and say, you know what? Uh, yeah, like I'm stressed out beyond, like uh, like up to my eyeballs and beyond like, you know, everything I, I know and I don't even know what to do next. And so the key is to know you're not alone and that there is support for you. But if we're not able to know that, then then it won't, you won't necessarily be served in a way that can really help you move through a, a really stressful job search or a time that doesn't feel good. So so the key is to like name those feelings, right? I feel so hurt right now. Like I cannot believe this happened to me. I feel sad. Um, maybe I'm going to journal for a couple minutes. So giving yourself that moment in time to recognize what's real, like what's the real deal here? What's my authentic self really serving? And that's a skill, like I said, but no one has to do it alone. And that's where I think we can all support each other. And that's what I help people do. Um, I think it's really important to just know that it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to settle for a really stressful life, no matter whether you're the CEO or the like a like a, a recruiter or the board of directors person or the investor or anyone. Like this is this is where I think we need to go. And, and I'm just so excited that we're all thinking about this at least now or sort of talking about it because I know that was me. Like I I was so stressed out and I didn't feel safe to tell anybody. I just cried a lot and sobbed in my pasta and beers. Nightly, <laughs> uh, you know. Now I know if I had these skills six months earlier, I wouldn't have burned out. I'm pretty sure I would have been able to course correct, and I would yeah. have been able to be clear on what I needed. So I know if you're out there thinking like, "That's great, Rachel," or you know, Victoria, like, "But what do I do?" It's like, well, know that there's a, know there's solutions out there, and it doesn't have to be you like going out solo entrepreneur doing all the things by yourself or knowing that you have to suffer suffering there's a great saying that pain is mandatory suffering is optional yes yes I, I that's a great saying and you know and I think you know those are all wonderful ideas and I think um, it's really really important to realize that you're not alone I mean so many of us just kind of continue to take everything on at, yeah by ourselves and it's all on me and, you know, where a little bit of reaching out will, you know, create so much more space and so much more um, ability to kind of figure out where you want to go. And it's not, and it's okay to ask people for help. I mean, if you don't know, ask somebody to share with you some of their thoughts about, you know, what you're good at, something like as small as that. So, yeah, I love that. Yep. Exactly. That's actually 
just on that note, uh, that's something that I did during my pause and it's in the book. I asked good friends and people I knew, colleagues, what did they think I was good at? Because I had lost touch. Like I didn't know anymore. I felt like my confidence was in the trash can and I had no clue. And then I was able to piece it together from what they were saying. I'm like, wow, okay, I guess these are my skills. Like I actually do have these strengths and it's very encouraging as you move forward in what you know could be a different place to be. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on here. We'll um, make sure that people have the information posted below that where they might, you know, reach out or get your book or, you know, learn more about what, you know, the pause idea and what you went through to come up with that. I think it was really quite interesting. And, um, you know, again, you're not alone. And um, yeah, it's been really yeah. lovely. And I hope you will come back and talk to us some more about this. I think it's such an interesting topic, um, maybe again next year sometime, or- It we, would be an honor, yeah. And, and, and we um, a little bit of networking kind of thing where we might be able to have a few more people who could ask you those questions. I think that would be really, really fun and, and interesting as well. Yeah, I, I thank you so much. I would totally take you up on that. And just one last thing, if you are feeling like you're overwhelmed, I have a great free, free guidebook that's on my website.